0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. LeBron James, a shot in history. up uh-huh. nice the,
1: uh-huh. the 17th NBA championship.
2: Hello Lakers Nation, welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane and the Lakers got the road trip off to a good start. Picked up a win over the Cleveland Cavaliers, except one little thing. The guy joining me today, Sean Davis, the Max Christie guy, was not around for the Max Christie game. Sean, how, how are you doing today? How are you hanging in there? You missed the Max Christie game, so are you bummed that you missed that or are you just feel happy that it happened
1: i'm just happy that happened um it would have been a lot more fun if i was able to experience it live with you guys on playback and talk about it on the post post game show last night but um man i mean just going back and re-watching some of the game footage it was super super fun and i think i I think you know max obviously he was great and i think darvin is going to have some, he's got some tough decisions to make. Cause I think what some of the stuff we saw last night, I think could blend into how this team's going to play for the rest of the season. But we'll talk about that later.
2: Well, so we've got, and we've got plenty to get into. We will finish off the show with a mailbag. We'll get into all of that sort of stuff, but you know, the Lakers, they, they go to Cleveland, they pick up a win. Sean, I was looking at this road trip, just looking big picture. Cause you're right. We do need to get into what some of the main takeaways are from the win, But, I was looking big picture at this road trip and going into it, I thought, man, if they could just go two and two, I'd be pretty happy. This is a tough road trip. You got second night of a back-to-back in OKC. That's how you finish things out. You have Detroit. That's a game that you should win. And so therefore it's, it's a game you need to win, but right. you still have to get it done there. You know, if you don't show up against any team in the NBA, you will lose. Um, you got the 76ers, and you got the Cavs, And so I, I thought, man, two and two would be, would be pretty good. Now, I feel like we're we're kind of on that path because they picked up that win um against the Cavs. Now maybe we can get a little greedy and maybe talk going 3 and 1 or something. I don't know. Like that that second night of a back-to-back against OKC is certainly going to be difficult, but we'll see how the Lakers do like in Philly. It does. It does feel like a scheduled loss, but I think this was really important not just because it's LeBron's return to Cleveland and of course even more important Torian Prince's return to Cleveland. Everybody was super fired up about that.
1: That's right. Yeah, but
2: (laughs) he was a Cavalier though, but um, I I thought it was important just the fact that the Lakers were able to walk out of Cleveland with a win. I I think that's actually a big deal. We can kind of chunk the season up into these little segments and try to figure out, okay, what should the Lakers go in in terms of of being successful during this segment of the season? And I think getting a two and two record on this road trip is important. And it looks like again, three games to go, but it looks like they're in pretty good shape to do that.
1: Yeah. Um, that's a big win, like you said, because like like we just talked about, the OKC game really feels like a loss. Um, and then Philly tomorrow night is going to be a tough game. I mean, hopefully you know 80 can try to neutralize out what Embiid's able to do, and then like you mentioned already, Detroit, you got to get that one, especially because OKC feels like the scheduled loss. Now, good thing is so far when we've had these back to backs, the first mm-hmm. night. Has, for the most part, been, you know, games that the Lakers should win. Like they had, uh, was it Memphis the first game? The first uh-huh. time we had a back-to-back. And then you have Utah. Bad news is it's been really good teams for the second night every time. I mean, Dallas, you should have won that game still. But yep. uh, who is this? Like, uh, Sacramento at home. It was still at home. But, um, yeah, got to find a way to go into OKC and get that win over a, a really, really good team.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be certainly important if they can uh, go in and get that win uh, against... Well, I mean, you got to get the win against Detroit and then figure out what you right. can do from there. But, um, okay, so let, let's talk a little bit about this this game itself. You said that Darvin is going to have some big decisions to make. What do you think? Because there was one of the most impressive things about this win. No Cam Reddish, no Jared Vanderbilt, no Rui Hachimura. He's out for the road trip. And yeah. no Gabe Vincent. So those are four of your top eight or nine rotation players going into the season, the Lakers for either the fourth or fifth time, I want to say it's five were in a situation where they went to an eight man rotation. And again, you can criticize Darvin ham. As I saw on social media, some people saying he needs to play the rookies, play Jalen Ocefino, play Max Lewis. Don't just have, you don't just have to have an eight man rotation, but that's not the choice the Lakers made. So they found a way to get a win despite having an eight-man rotation and missing four of your top eight, maybe nine rotation guys, at least what we expected them to be coming into the season. So what are the tough decisions Darvin Ham has to make now moving forward?
1: I think, and this is, I don't, I feel like people are going to interpret this as uh, me just propping up Max because I am like the the guy that wanted Max Christie the most. But I think when you look at this Lakers roster, and we, we talk about all the time, uh, oh, man, you face X team. I don't know how we're going to fare because of their guard play in terms of, like uh-huh. defensively, right? I think you look at this team, first off, Max Christie is not a wing stopper. I think last night just solidified that because I think if you looked at look at all the most positive defensive film that we've gotten over the past year and a half or so with Max Christie, it's been with him like matchup against guards. Like I always go back to that game last year. Against Atlanta at home, where mm-hmm. a very similar situation where we're kind of short staffed, and you know I think Braun played, but I don't think he had AD. And in the fourth quarter, Max Christie like made it just tough on on uh, John, the Dejounte Murray and Trey Young. And then last night, obviously on Dobbin Mitchell, where Donovan Mitchell shot one for seven when Max Christie was his primary defender. That's per NBA.com just matchup tracking data or whatever, very easy to find. Um, and I think Max, out of your defenders, if you will, right? So you can lump Torian in this conversation if you want yeah. to, for whatever reason. Gabe, Vincent, Cam is is, is, this. is... is
2: Torian Prince a good defender?
1: No, and that's where I was going with this. Okay. Um, Jerry Vanderbilt, right? So all these guys that are tasked with defending, right? Max Christie is the best lateral mover including like your start your, your star guards i don't even know what i'm saying star but like d and austin he's the best lateral mover mm-hmm. uh out of those guys he has the most quick twitch like burst out of those guys to be able to keep up with Donovan mitchell i just posted a clip on x at sean underscore davi where two-point game lebron takes a horrible three.
2: oh my god so many 20- people sean in the post game, so many people were not happy with with that shot i wasn't either uh, but that that, that, that is a, another I defend, rabbit hole to go down.
1: I defended him for the three against Dallas. I cannot, I cannot defend that three.
2: That was brutal.
1: Good. Jeez. Anyway, LeBron takes an awful three. Uh, Cleveland's pushing a semi-transition. Max picks up Donovan at half court. Donovan's going out on full speed. Quick twitch, just like lateral movement. And he forces a tough pull-up mid-range jumper contested, mm-hmm. And he misses. Lakers ultimately get the win. So I'm saying all that to say is I think right now your three best defenders are Jared Vanderbilt, Cam Reddish, and Max Christie. Max Christie Palmer, and they all offer something a little bit different in my opinion. I think Jared Vanderbilt is the Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, like the the you know world beaters, right? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. That's Vando. Cam Reddish is the like ultra ball pressuring, you know, guard slash wing. I like can kind of guard one through three that can that's just gonna force a bunch of turnovers because of the chaos of the habit he provides on ball and then max is like i said the best lateral movement out of the three and he's the best screen navigator which is also why he does so well in my opinion against these guards where cam reddish isn't a bad screen navigator i don't think but cam and band are better against these bigger wings and maybe for cam even the bigger guards and i say all that to say if Torian Prince isn't hitting shots and he's not a good defender, <laughs> we got to start having a dialogue. That's all I'm going to say. If you're not hitting shots and you're not, like, a positive defender, when everybody gets healthy, like, that's, that's the tough decision Darwin's going to make. I think for locker room politics and money, mm-hmm. Gabe Vince is going to play. But now when we start talking about just the rest of the roster, Rui's going to play, Bando's going to play. I think Cam solidified his, his spot in the rotation. Max keeps playing like this in this opportunity where you look at the upcoming schedule, he'll probably get the maxi matchup, at least in, uh, you know, pivotal situations of that game tomorrow against Philly. Cade Cunningham against Detroit.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, if we get to OKC, I don't, I don't think oh, anybody no. can guard SGA. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I say that to say, like, we, we just have to have a dialogue. I think that's something that Darvin and the staffs going to have to talk about because Torian is a hitting shots and he's not the better defender. So I don't know. This going to be a, a conversation. I think,
2: gosh, I, I just, I keep thinking about, you know, young Max Christie, 20 years old. Hey, Max, guess what? You're starting. You get to defend, you get to defend Kyrie. You get to defend Donovan Mitchell. Now, as this trip goes on, you get to defend Tyrese Maxey. You get, you get to defend SGA. Cade Cunningham. Like, Whew. that's not, that's not easy. But I was, as you were talking there, I was rewatching that clip that you posted over on X and uh, man, I mean, it was just, his defense was textbook. I mean, it was just, yeah. he did, he did exactly what you would want him to do in that situation. However, let me, uh, let me kind of I push back here, but we've seen Max Christie for the bulk of the season. Let's be honest, probably disappoint compared to what, Our expectations, certainly your expectations and my expectations were coming into the season based off what we saw in Summer League. And this, I think, was his best game of the season so far. And what I don't want to do is assume that this is just what Max is from now on, that he's going to hit step back threes like he did uh, against Cleveland, that he's going to be a five for seven shooter or a positive shooter on any given night. I think once he gets into a rhythm, he can be. But we've seen him miss more than he's made. So far, his percentages don't look great. I don't think that's an indicator of who he really is as a shooter. I think he just has had a rough shooting spells. We've seen from some other players too. But I also, we've seen games where he's gotten burned. He got burned by Kyrie and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's freaking Kyrie, right? But but um I don't know that Max at his age, at his, this stage, is a night in, night out. Every single game, this guy is simply locked in Just yet. Maybe he may even get there this season. I just don't want to take his best game and assume that just is what he's going to be moving forward. However, what I do think that this does, this game does, is it gives you a glimpse of why. When people say, Why were you guys so high on Max Christie? Why would why do the Lakers keep giving him minutes? This is why. Because this is kind of the end goal, right? This is what they believe. And I'm talking about internally, the Lakers believe that Max Christie will eventually be. Eventually, that consistency is going to come, and these are the types of performances we're going to see out of him more often than not. I think we got, essentially, we were in, we got to look through uh, a a little time lens here and get a view of what the future looks like for Max Christie. I don't necessarily expect him to do this every single night right now, and that's why I think it's important that the Lakers do have the depth that they've got um, and that they do have other guys that they can turn to. And obviously against the Cavs, they didn't have those guys, but sooner rather than later, I think this is going to be what we're going to get more consistently out of Max Christie. I just don't want to jump the gun and say that we're there right now.
1: I have no comeback to that. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, I, I, mean, I don't want to
2: set the bar too high. Cause you know what, you know what happens when we do the bar gets set too high for Max Christie and we're and people are expecting this every night. He comes out next game and gets shredded by Tyrese Maxey, which there's no shame in that he is phenomenal. One of my favorite players in the league. But you get shredded by, by Tyrese Maxey, and we're going to go, we're that roller coaster, we're going to ride it right down to the bottom, and people are going to be upset, and why is Max Christie getting
0: minutes? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Fair. Do you do you think
2: do you think though it's within the realm of, of possibility this season? even that we see because we do see in-season development from guys who are this young and that this season by the end of it, we're talking March, April max is more and more that guy.
1: Uh, yeah. And I guess really like the whole point of that, like little speech I had was more so just saying, just keep giving him more opportunities because I think you don't get to that scenario that you're talking about right now. If we get let, let, let's say hypothetically, right? Like, yeah, he, he struggled with Kyrie. The matchup day is like four for eight with Kyrie on him, nine points. Uh, how many turnovers? If any turnovers, quite frankly, one turnover, right? In a block for Max, right? Mm-hmm. But let, let's say obviously you add that matchup and you add this Cavs matchup, right? One real one suspect, one really, really good matchup, right? So one for two right now. Let's say after the OKC game, and assuming Cam Reddish still isn't able to play for some reason. So Max is getting like the top or like the second guard or whatever, right? Uh-huh. In most scenarios, I think it'll probably be the best guard when it matters most, like we saw last night. But let's say it's like three out of five, right? So I don't know, pick whatever games you call and submit, So You can count the Dallas game and miss. So you can count OKC as miss, for example, right? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. When everybody gets back healthy, you can't just throw that in the trash bin and say, yeah, no, we're not going to give you any more opportunities for the rest of the year unless, like, we get hurt again, right? And that's basically all I was trying to say was, okay, cool. That was great. But, again, talking about the potential thing, he has potential to be your third best perimeter defender
2: on this Oh, I agree.
1: And, like we said, has – Something different that I think Bando definitely does provide, and Cam Rush does provide. But those two guys are still better than Max Tristy, hence why they're I think solidified in the rotation right now. So I think that was all I was really trying to get across. But I definitely get your point about like not trying to push down too soon.
2: Oh no, and and, and look, you could disagree with me me all you want. Of course, if you do, you do you think he's ready for it like right now? I think like he, he is. You, if, personally. you think he is. So you'd say you'd say go if you're driving him. You would say go for it. I would be a little bit more cautious. I'm curious what do what do our listeners, what do our viewers think? Let us know in the comments section. Do you think it should be green light for Max Christie? Just start giving him all the all the minutes that he can handle at the moment, especially with with guys being out. Or do you take more more my side where it's more like can okay, you want to be a little bit more cautious and and kind of. Uh, ease him into things. Let me know what what you guys think because I think there is actually a good argument to be made for both of these that maybe, hey, a young player, feed him all the minutes and let's let him develop and off we go because maybe that's how the Lakers ultimately hit their ceiling. I do think you bring up some really good points there too. Um, Okay, before we get into the mailbag, you mentioned Torian Prince is not a good defender. It seemed to kind of hint that he may be the guy to potentially lose minutes um, in, in Max Christie's ascent here. Now, Prince has not shot well for the month of December, but I also don't believe that this is what he is. Now he's one for three from sure. three against the Cavs. He was three for eight shooting overall. I can that's that's not ideal, but I can live with the night like like that. He also had six assists, and I thought did a really nice yeah. job getting into the paint and then hitting guys on little drop off passes. It was it was really impressive, but the fact remains that he has not shot the ball as well as we would have liked. And as you mentioned, he does leave. He's not as good of a defensive player as you would hope he would be. Um, he's not terrible either. He's he's long. He's lanky. He can slide. He can do these things. But he's not He's not an all-world defender or anything like that. That's, the, that's for sure. So is, is Torian Prince just not... Is he one of those good, not great guys where he's good in a lot of ways? And I do think ultimately he'll be good as a three-point shooter. I think he can be okay as a defender he's okay as a rebounder he's okay as a passer but he's not necessarily great at anything is that just the category that we put him in
1: uh i I think if he did that that'll be all right um i think Torian's biggest problem is again he's not like the most athletic guy defensively right and Uh then again he just doesn't navigate screen if he was a good screen navigator or like a good one-on-one isolation guy like vando where I think he's he's probably better as a one on one isolation guy, but again, that's not like saying I don't think he's necessarily good at it. I think Torian's at his best as a helper, right? That's where he saw like his most positive, uh, you know, defensive metrics, like in terms like defensive LeBron and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, right? So the problem is he can't be a helper on this team because LeBron's a helper, or like that's where LeBron's at his best is when LeBron's a helper. Rui is probably at his best when he's a helper. I think when you play Jackson Hayes. AD and Christian Wood and like any like combination of the three together. One of those two guys are going to be the helper off ball. So part of it is, I think part of it is you are playing Torian more in on ball situations that are probably like, you know, not that advantageous for him as a player. Right. But, um, yeah, I think I think ultimately we wouldn't maybe be focusing as much on defense if the shot was falling. But again, like you said, I do think that Torian Prince. I, I just don't believe that he's like a twenty five percent catch a shoot dude. First no. off, because he was forty four percent from the corners last year
2: for like, three years it, running. For three for years, three years was, running, was, it, like it's the Lakers tax. It's the curse, whatever we want to call it, Sean. This is it's it's crazy. But um, yeah, I, I think you bring up a good point though about. The Lakers have a lot of guys that are maybe better as a help guy instead of being the on-ball stopper, and that's maybe you know bring a full circle where where Max Christie comes into play because you do have a lot of guys that overall are smart basketball players. Torian Prince is one, of course, Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. But are they are they the guys that are going to just lock somebody down one on one? No, but can they fit into a defensive scheme? Yes, but you still have to have those initial point-of-attack one-on-one defenders, and the Lakers are are out of necessity asking some guys to do that, despite that not bring, being necessarily in their wheelhouse. So I think that's a good point. Maybe Torian Prince and some other guys out of necessity are being put in positions that aren't the best for them individually, defensively, but the Lakers don't have another choice.
1: Yeah, I mean, when your two best defenders, permanent defenders, are out right now, then, yeah, some other guys got to step up. And unfortunately, I mean, Torian's kind of had to do it all year with Vando not playing. Yeah, But I don't know, man. It, it's tough. Vando, get back soon, man. Please.
2: So he is progressing. He's playing two and two and three on three in scrimmages. Um, people there we go. people are, have been asking, you know, like, why, why is Vando not back? Why is all this stuff stuff happening? How is he going to get in any work? Keep in mind, and, and people are always bewildered by how a player gets injured that isn't in part of the rotation, this is is how what teams do. If you're not playing in games, that doesn't mean you're just not playing. Teams yeah. will have the guys who don't play scrimmage against each other, so they'll do scrimmage sessions. Sessions that they they'll do their own like breakout sessions so that they keep in rhythm and uh, and game ready. So Jared Vanderbilt right now, yes, the Lakers aren't practicing. I got. I, I got the notification last night. Lakers announced they're not practicing. Um, they don't practice between games. They um, Unless they have two days in a row off. If they have just one day, they don't practice. So no practice for the Lakers. Um, that doesn't give Jerry Vanderbilt an opportunity to go out and play necessarily full court five on five. He can get in some scrimmage sessions, though. It wouldn't shock me if he returns on this road trip, even though the Lakers won't have a chance to practice. But it's also within the realm of possibility that he just waits until they come back Saturday and takes on the Houston Rockets, although they still won't have a chance to practice there. There's only a day off in between. Yeah. So I hope he's back sooner rather than later. Um, again, the, the most we've heard him do is three on three so far, and the Lakers don't want to rush him back. But, man, with Cam Reddish's status still up and up in the air, with Rui out for the entire week uh, or out for the road trip, Yeah, Lakers could really use Jared Vanderbilt back in action by the way did you see the footage of his jumper it looked it looked smoother I I hope that's something that translates to actual game action
1: it looks smoother it still looks like the same base in my opinion yes but it definitely does look smoother I I I can compliment him on that
2: yeah I, I I'd agree with that I think that he does look overall things look smoother for him so um yeah I I'm hopeful that we'll see a better version of Jared Vanderbilt when he comes back. All right, yeah. let's get into the mailbag, Sean. Um, before we do though, give a quick shout out to our sponsor, and that is Underdog. Uh, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Their pick'em game, which is my favorite. You can pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's games for a chance to win big. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night pick between two and five players to build a pick them entry, super easy to do. And again, very, very fun as well. So you can sign up today with promo code Lakers nation to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our promo code Lakers nation to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 or older and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. All right, let's get into the mailbag. We're going to take a look at some of our chat questions that came in uh, after the Lakers beat the Cavs and DJ said, can we get this injury bug out of our locker room? Yes, please. Other than Russell and LeBron, we were efficient Yeah, LeBron did not have an efficient shooting game at all. Um, yeah. we're gonna talk about that in a bit. There's another question coming up about it. Uh, Trev, do you like these wins like these or do wins like these show our depth? So many out. I can't wait to see a healthy team. So eight-man rotation again. Sean, is this an example of the Lakers' depth? Where where do you go with this?
1: Uh yeah, and uh this is a a lob from our guy DJ is throwing me a lob here because I had a I'm sure you've seen this stat pop around, Trevor, but the Lakers have not played their 17 games, and they have not played with their best perimeter defender, Jared Vanderbilt. We've we've Mm -hmm. spent time talking about that. But with that being said, they are still the ninth best defense in the NBA in terms of defensive rating. So Mm -hmm. like DJ says here, I can't wait to see a healthy team throw Cam Reddish back on his team. Gabe Vincent, even Jared Vanderbilt, most importantly, and oh my gosh, we're cooking. The efficiency, I think the Lakers for the most part Maybe outside last night with Braun and D'Lo, but like they have h- had like <laughs> some open shots, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I really just need the, the shooting variance to kind of come back around, but this is a good team. I really feel good about this team, and like that's why I've I've been hesitant to say this team isn't a contender yet. I've been super hesitant about like, like this team is staying above water. They're what like a game in the win column back of the one seed somehow. Let's see this team healthy, and then I'll make my determination about this team. But yeah, this is a super exciting win, and like DJ says, yeah, shows you that you can still go eight deep, miss five key rotation players, and get a win It's a good Cavs team.
2: Ninth in defensive rating, 24th in offensive rating right now. A lot of that coming down to poor three-point percentage and volume and poor free-throw percentage. They're getting to the line just fine. Um, not converting enough their free throws. They did hit them against the Cavs, so hopefully that's a sign of things to come because that could definitely go a long way towards increasing their offensive rating. And then, as you said, if the uh, three-point percentage comes back up, that would also go a long way towards doing that. I think if you're top 10 defensively, in order to be a contend- contending team, you also have to be probably, I mean, ideally, you're top, top 10 in both, but top 15 probably is where I was going to land. What, what do you think
1: to I be think- a contender? top 20 i i I think just like historically speaking it's more it's way tougher to be a contender without having a top 12 defense than it is to like have not have a top 15 offense right so let's say you're 17th in offensive rating but you're 6th in defensive rating you're more likely to you have a better shot winning a championship with that than the inverse being 6th in offensive rating and 17th in defensive rating so yeah I don't know, man. I, I think the offense rating will balance out. You have LeBron, you have AD on this team. Like it'll balance out eventually. I'm not too, too worried about it. And the ball screen efficiency is starting to, you know, balance itself back out too. So I think positive regression is coming.
2: All right. All right. Uh, we've got uh Dewan said, way to box out AR, middle school fundamentals. Did you I don't you probably didn't see the play because nobody was gonna clip this for a highlight or anything like that but there was a moment where Austin Reeves there weren't there wasn't a lot of traffic under the rim and so it was very visible Austin Reeves boxed out Jared Allen and mm. he did the whole I I did I mentioned on playback I said that's how I taught my my junior high kids how to box out like he got down low he got kind of his his butt into Jared Allen and he just hit the reverse button and just started backpedaling right and actually moved Jared Allen back away from the basket and, uh, and allowed another Laker to to get the rebound. And it was it was so obvious in that moment, and it was so great to see because they've had such a problem uh, boxing out this season. So it, it stood out that Austin Reeves was able to box out in that way and actually move Jared Allen away from the
1: basket. Kudos to Austin. That's actually not how we teach box outs, but kudos to Austin because it worked. That's I all. was...
2: It, it came down... To, it, yes, I know. Technically, I had a bunch of junior high kids that were... Let's say they were lacking in aggression, <laughs> and so I was. I would tell him like, like, no, no, get low and and actually move. Them. Let's let's be physical. Let's move players out of the way. And right. it just it brought back memories seeing Austin do that. Oh man! All right, Heglis said, beat Dallas and we're eleven and six.
1: Yeah, so uh... third in
2: the West with injuries.
1: Yeah, so to sum this one up, don't have a mental lapse for 35 seconds oh, of game gosh. time, and yeah, you're the third, you're three seed.
2: Yeah, not, not, uh, not ideal. Uh, Jay Jackson said Christie equals Gohan. <laughs> do you do you know what this is, Sean?
1: No, that flew over my head. I'm not gonna
2: okay. Laugh. I did not. You get glimpses of his true potential from time to time. I'm gonna gonna Google this on the fly, here. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a Dragon Ball Z thing. Oh, okay. That that would make sense. I don't know anything about that. So, okay. But you get glimpses of his true potential from time to time. Yeah, I think that's what we got against the Cavs. We got a, a look into the future of what Christie can ultimately be, and why the Lakers are rightfully excited about him. Uh, let's see. This one said, "Add one player to the roster who guarantees a ring." Let's. I mean, because it will be easy to just say, "Oh, Giannis, Jokic, Jokic right?" Just. But you'll get an ad Ooh, in your front court right Steph. Steph, um let's say you if you could add one realistically attainable player that you think their skill set would give the lakers the best chance of getting a ring who would that player be
1: um i think this is this is going to fly so I'm gonna, okay this might not qualify for realistic but like this There was AC, but that felt too easy. Mm -hmm. But the second player that, like, honestly popped into my head was Michael Porter Jr. There's no way it happens, but that would be so perfect. Elite three-point shooter. He's been really good defensively this year. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen. But, man, to any shooter that can defend, basically. Or, like, any elite defender. So, AC, there you go.
2: I know, like I go to KCP, but of course that's ACP. not going to happen. Our our old friend KCP. I I think the most realistic option is Alex Caruso, but part of that too is because we don't know what the trade deadline is really going to look like just yet. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jalen Suggs would be another good one, but any any guard guard who can defend and shoot a you know decent for, percentage from three, I think, is somebody that you could look at. Uh, a big that they could be a big physical player. Would would be something to, like?
1: Don't say what? Do if, I have.
2: What? No, no, no. What? what if, <laughs> like, what if the Pelicans season falls to pieces? Now they're not going to have any interest in the Lakers. Yeah, a, Val- a Valanciunas type. I-, I think that's maybe shooting a little too high though in terms of salary and everything. But that type of player, that skill set. But you know what? I, when I look at when I look at this Lakers team, I think that there are a few things that they're missing. But the challenge with this time of year, again, where it's not even December yet. Is there aren't teams that are aside from Chicago, who's already, you know, who we knew going into the season might be a seller, who's looking at the roster saying, Yeah, I think I'm gonna be a, a seller at the trade deadline. It's gonna take getting into January and teams being like, Oh man, we're you know, we're sitting in the 11 seed right now and don't think or the 12 seed and we don't think we have a shot here. Now let's look to make those moves. Teams aren't there yet. So it's hard to know who's really gonna be on the market just yeah. yet, aside from you know, the bulls guys. Yeah. Potentially, as long as they keep losing, losing. keep losing Chicago, maybe
1: Washington, but like maybe Washington, Washington that one
2: that's the problem, right? Yeah, like, yeah, Washington, question mark, question mark. Okay, sure, sure, that'd be great. Uh, LeBron three pointer regression time. Yeah, I believe he's one for nine against the Cavs. He was shooting over 40% from three, had a feeling that number was going to come down, but the Lakers can withstand that. If guys like Torian Prince and Christian Wood, who have shot terribly from three in the month of November, if their numbers go back to normal, the Lakers will probably be okay. But I do think that, I don't think LeBron's going to end the season shooting over 40% from three.
1: No, I don't think so. But I mean, he has his worst shooting game of the year. And like analytically, he still crates out super well. I mean, yeah, 38.5% on the year.
2: Yeah, uh, case of what, last night's game dropped him below 40 now.
1: 42.6% on catch issue threes, 62 and a half on like uncontested catch issue threes. So like last night, I, I for right now at least, I'm bought back in on LeBron being a good jump shooter and like looking at last season as a you know uh an outlier, kind of like 2015, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I hated the three at the end of the game last night. I kind of defended him for it against Dallas. I'm not doing it from last night's game, but I'm I'm not really worried about LeBron's jumper quite yet. I, I think right. he, he's built up some of that benefit of the doubt for me.
2: Agreed. Uh, this one said on the Cavs commentary, man, they cried about how the Cavs had a bad three-point shooting night. I would love a bad three-point shooting night for the Lakers to be around 32%. Our bad nights are like 15%. Yeah, that's that's some, be generous. Did they really like were they actually complaining about it being a bad three-point shooting night? I mean, maybe it's just we're used to the Lakers and we live in a different world, but yeah, 32% for the Cavs on the on the night from that's deep. That's
1: a good Judy night for us.
2: <laughs> that's, that's, that has been. I mean, the Lakers, they haven't shot that on the season. I, I still think they're below that, right? Yeah, they're at, ooh, uh, the Lakers. No, the no they're were. at 34% now from deep. Look at
1: that. But what's that, like 28th in the NBA probably?
2: Uh, oh, 25th. 25th, 34. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's the NBA that we live in right now. 34% from three is 25th in the NBA, but hey, they were last. So we'll take that. Um, the Cavs.
1: They're 21st.
2: On, are 21st at 35%. So it's like they're great. We were talking about one. Percent. I don't know what their announced crew was talking about then because on a night tonight, you're talking about the difference between 32% and 35% is one shot.
1: Three. Yeah.
2: That's funny. That's yeah, funny. And I, that makes you appreciate Billy Mack and Stu that much more. Isn't Derek Favors a free agent? He'd help that's on the glass. Yeah, <laughs> that's a name. Yeah. I don't think the Lakers are going to be adding to that 15th roster spot just yet. I think they're going to wait for the buyout market. They're going to wait for the, the trade season to really kick off. Jello, welcome in. Being a, a channel member, by the way, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, the Lakers Nation YouTube yeah. channel membership program. We've got uh, some extra perks coming out there. Uh, all kinds of cool stuff. You can click that join button over on the YouTube channel and check out what we have to offer there. Jsoft. Yeah. Why does Ham still end games with timeouts when he has players playing stretch minutes? Christie was elite defensively. Delo had some of the worst minutes sitting him in the fourth quarter. Looks like a good idea. Delo just, he has hot games and he has cold games. This was a, a cold game for him. We saw some turnovers from him and things like that. He'll bounce back. It's just, it's, yeah. it's what he does. You just, this is what you sign up for with Delo You're going to have games where he's not great. And you just have to hope that on those nights, Austin is great against the Cavs. Austin was great. D'Lo had an off night. Cool. No, no, no problem. It's going to happen. He's also going to have nights where he's seven for nine from three, and and he helps win you a game. But uh, as far as him ending games with timeouts, he told us Sean. He said to the media that the reason why he doesn't use isn't more aggressive using timeouts to stop runs is because he wants to have them for the fourth quarter so that he can give LeBron and Anthony Davis extra rest in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I can't say that we've seen much of that. <laughs> Aside from LeBron having to call timeouts himself, and maybe that may I don't, maybe that's their plan. Maybe it's LeBron. When you feel like you need a timeout, I've got extra ones, so you call it when you need it. If you don't need it, don't call it. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. So I want to give Darvin the benefit of the doubt, but that is what he shared, and he does seem to wind up with timeouts still in the chamber when the game when the final whistle blows.
1: Yeah i i definitely think the timeout management is something that needs to be improved upon and it's definitely been a a talking point through darwin ham's two-year tenders 10 years so far
2: yeah yeah it's um he doesn't have a typical timeout pattern that we see from other coaches like other coaches you see the lakers go on a 5-0 run timeout put a stop to that we're going to come back hit you with our best set play try to get a score and get the momentum going the other way you don't see much of that out of the lakers there are some times where it benefits them. There are. There are yeah. some times where, where not calling a timeout is the right decision to make. But in general, uh, I think some of the timeout usage is, is questionable. Steven Walton. Oh, this is a good way to finish it, Sean. Lakers won and CM Punk is back in WWE. Life is good. So, Sean, I, you know, I'm not I, I don't follow wrestling a lot now. But back in the day I was big and it's actually how yeah. I got my start in sports media back in college was actually there writing about about professional wrestling. Um and that was back during, you know, the Monday Night Wars and WWE versus Ooh. WCW and, and all that kind of stuff. Like great, great, great great time. Great, great, time, great time, <laughs> time to be to be a wrestling fan. I saw the clips going online about uh of CM Punk's return. Yeah. And I got to admit like I marked out a little bit. Like I was like, "Okay, <laughs> that that was that was so Damn cool, especially once once word started to leak about how they pulled it off. Yeah, in this day and age, like I know, right? We've got our Woj, we've got our shams. Everything leaks, all of that. I'm so thankful that when I was a big wrestling fan, we didn't have that. Right? Yeah. There were little rumors that you, like little things here and there, but, but it, like, from what I've seen, it feels like everything gets spoiled now. Like yeah. everything that's gonna happen, every big thing that's gonna happen gets leaked. And it sounds like while there were some rumblings about this, people weren't 100% sure this was going to happen. And this yeah. the, kind of the story behind how it all went down, like the morning of is when they figured it out and then they kept it quiet. And like, it, anyway, it's, it, it's yeah. it was really cool to see the, the lengths they went to to keep it all uh, all super quiet and make it actually like something that was surprising.
1: That's why I don't know if you and I'm about to mark out for a second, but uh, 2020 when Edge returned from his neck yeah. injury, that's, oh, that's, one, that's probably the greatest return ever for the same reason like nobody knew it was a legitimate shock surprise, and the re the pop was awesome. So I, I missed yeah. the Lakers game not because of this, I missed this also, but I was gonna run back home and watch it and like not look at Twitter and like, I'm on my way back home. My buddy texted me like innocently. No he's funny. like, he's like, oh yeah, uh, hey, uh, Sean, CM Punk's back in WWE. I'm like, bruh.
2: <laughs> the um, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um, breaking in with cult of personality, uh, which is a classic song. But then uh the edge one, man. That one, that one even got me because you could see.
1: The emotion on the his emotion. Face.
2: Like you could see him break for a moment. Yeah. Right. For just a moment when he comes out and you could see because it had been so long and because of everything he had to do in order to get I back and all the, the next stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, it's that was that was that was definitely a big, a big, big moment for sure. For Last sure. thing
1: I'll say. I think this is probably the best time to be a pro wrestling fan since the same like invasion, like WCW versus WWE stuff.
2: Ooh, inva- in the invasion that, was not a good, a good part yeah, of okay, that. That yeah, it. when things went downhill.
1: <laughs> yeah. But like the, since the attitude era, because I think you have what WWE is doing right now with punk being back, but you know, AW is also like thriving right now. We got our guy mm-hmm. Sky over there. Yep. They just landed a big free sure. agent in their own right. Like this is, it's awesome right now to be a, a wrestling fan.
2: Well, there, there you go. Well, listen to the LakersNation.com podcast and get some pro wrestling talk to finish things off at the end as well. But everybody, I want to thank you guys so much for, for joining us. Again, Lakers take on the Philadelphia 76ers. In fact, yeah, I should have thought of this ahead of time, but while uh when by the time this publishes, it's going to be game day for, for the Lakers. We'll have to do another preview for 76ers versus um versus Lakers tonight. So That's going to be a big one. We'll see what the Lakers can do against Joel Embiid. But again, Max Christie, big game against the Cavs. Lots to build upon from there. Sean, always fun talking Lakers basketball with you. Thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Appreciate you having me on.
2: All right, everybody. Till next time, stay safe and see you.